Hello, my name is Jim. Hello, my name is Kirsty. And we're trying to escape, escape Hamilton. Hamilton. And we are once again doing an online room that is based in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It's weird because we were in Hamilton. The people running the room are the fine people at Escapist who are also in Hamilton. But we met on the cyberspace. On the cyberspace? On the cyberspace. Goodness, mm. I sound like a cop trying to join some cool teens. <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I hang out on the cyberspace all the time. Yeah, you guys know where to get some marijuana cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> but the reason we were meeting on the cyberspace is not only that that's where the room runs, but because we were joined by a special guest all the way over in Sydney, we have a special guest who is also joining us for this podcast via the magic of cyberspace. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to Sophia Halpern. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, you can all you can all stop cheering and clapping and applauding and throwing bras on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could, could I have my bra back? Um, yeah, okay, just this one. Cool. I don't think it'll fit you. I think we're different sizes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we've done brass swaps before, but that's not what this podcast is for. Yeah, it's much harder to do on on the cyberspace. Yes, given that we are in rather different countries. Twenty twenty one. You got to make things work. Hi, Finn. It's Hello. good to talk to you again. We did this room yesterday evening. Mm-hmm. Has much changed in your life since then? Um, I've been playing with kittens all morning, so really things are about as idyllic as can be hoped. Oh my god! Oh, jealous. What about for you guys? We haven't been playing with kittens. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Oh, my condolences. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> um, now, Fia, we have uh, an important question. Have you ever done any online escape room type things before? Not online, no. Only ever IRL. See, I'm a real youth. I, I, yeah. I <laughs> oh, you on the TikTok? But I have done like online RPGs, which it felt a lot like. So it, yeah, it didn't feel like particularly foreign territory. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it's it's very similar to tabletop role playing with a much narrower focus. Yeah, it's very task focused RPG. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Some RPGs are like that, but it's also more accessible because of the lack of dice or maths. Well, there's a bit of maths, but not much. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a bit more maths than I was expecting. Yeah, on and, a Friday night, <laughs> and we didn't have to spend an entire three hours creating our characters. We were just for generic archaeologist type people. Yeah. And some of us were more risk-taking than others, but that wasn't down to, you know, any particular characterization that we decided on. That, that wasn't down to the characterization of the characters that we were playing. It was no. down to the characterization of us as people. Yeah. yeah. I felt like we were chaotic neutral because, um, well, at the end we did something that was not particularly lawful, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yes, we will. (laughs) We should talk about what the premise of this room is. The room is called the Expedition for the Lost Tomb. Mm. So there was ancient Egyptian archaeology. The setup for the room is that we were archaeologists who found a scroll that gave us the directions to a lost tomb. We found a treasure map, guys. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I got to say, 
it put me very much in mind of uh, the 1999 hit film The Mummy. Mm, same. Which same. I watched for the first time like a month ago. A very important film for my formative years. Yes, yes. You only watched it a month ago. I know. I don't know what I was doing with the rest really? of my life, but I got there in the end. Well, I hope it's not the end. And um, what did you think? Um, it was a lot of fun and just a lot of really hot people. Um, right. <laughs> doing problematic things. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, you know, in the 90s. Yeah, it was. They didn't know anything back in the 90s. No. But they did know that Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz were very hot. Yeah. And some things are mm. eternal truths. So in this cyber escape room, we were playing various amalgamations of Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was Rachel Weisz with Brendan Fraser's outfit. Damn it. <laughs> oh, were you going to say that? <laughs> no, you beat me to it. You deserve it. You've been a Rachel Weisz fan since way back. Well, that, that is true. She's, uh, she's one of my cute faves, Eternal. I just need to jump in and say that I was playing Brendan Fraser in Rachel Weisz's outfit. Okay, so moving <laughs> on. The other thing that's important to state is that, that we forgot to say that we did today uh, while you were playing with kittens is that we realised that online escape rooms, you can call them an escape zoom if you're doing a video chat, uh... but this one didn't happen through Zoom. It happened through Skype. So it is, in fact, an escape room. Ah. <sighs> I thought you were going to go with like escape room, but oh, no, that's escape room. Like God, there's there's so many options. Maybe we should just go for all three of them and call it an escape zoom. I love it. Hell love yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> we've, we've cracked it. Killed that, Lily. Sold. <laughs> Patent pending. Nobody's allowed to steal this. <laughs> I don't think anyone will because we patented it, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not because it's bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> So I'm just looking down the notes that I took as we were doing the room. We'd spent many years examining ancient... I can't really bother. I've written ancient rooms. That doesn't sound right. Um, We've spent many... Ruins. There we go. (laughs) And because I had escape rooms on the brain. Sorry, e-skype zooms on the brain. (laughs) I must have written down rooms instead of ruins. Yes. Uh, And we were looking for the tomb in Egypt, of a pharaoh whose name has been forgotten to time. Yeah, it's, we've been looking for a tomb of a particular pharaoh which has eluded us, but we don't know his name. So I'm not sure how okay. it is that over the years we have been vexed that this one particular pharaoh's tomb has eluded us, but we didn't know his name, where it was, or any <laughs> details. So like we're looking for one particular pharaoh's tomb. We don't know whose it is, or where it is, or anything about it, but oh boy, it's been eluding us. <laughs> oh yeah there's there's just a repetitive hieroglyph we keep coming across that just talks about a very special boy Aww. and you know we just dream about this very special boy and finding his tomb yeah or maybe maybe this pharaoh did something absolutely awful and so anytime the name was written down they went through and Scratched it off. And this is what I mean when I say that cancel culture has gone too far. (laughs) Okay, so now that I've brought the mood down. (laughs) Hey, let me bring it down even further. My very first note, I believe our game master was talking about booby traps. Mm. And so I thought it was prudent to just draw a big pair of titties on my note paper. Just so that you remember that there were booby traps. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
And we did remember it later. Yeah, on. yeah, true. My first note is kill self, question mark, come back as ghost, exclamation mark, which seems like some <laughs> kind of like, ad. <laughs> but, yeah. Are you tired of your flesh vessel? <laughs> Just kill self, come back as ghost. <laughs> Honestly, sounds ideal. Yeah, there was a whole introduction that we got to the room from Jeff, our game master, including letting us know that there will be booby traps in the room and that we should be looking out for them, which really sort of, well, I was going to say it really changed the way that I play the room because it made me much more cautious than I would normally be, but not really. No, not really. Pretty devil may care. You're sticking things all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff had to sometimes prompt you to be a little bit more aware of how much danger your precious life is in. Yeah, Jim would say, I'm going to do this thing. And Jeff would be like, uh, reminder, if you, if you do that, then this will happen. And Jim would go, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that thing. <laughs> well, there were the three of us, plus our friend Hannah who joined us. So I figured we've got four lives to get through. That's true. We might as well use them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well-known tactic in archaeology. What's what's the thing you get in Hades that makes you come back to life? Deathify. Yes. Yeah, it's like having four people is having four deathifies. You can just burn through them. Fear, have you played Hades? I have not. <laughs> Fear, you need to play Hades. It's great. Speak, speaking of things where everyone is extremely hot. Ah, yes. okay, you sold me. Hades and the mummy, just bisexual entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, sign me up. Well, we will. We'll sign you up to the newsletter. Should we get into the sort of the chronological gameplay? Yes. Yes. So to finish our introduction, we we found a scroll that took us to this tomb. We went down into the tomb and then the doors slammed shut behind us and <gasps> it started filling up with sand. Oh, no. I hate sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating gets and it everywhere. gets everywhere. <laughs> so we found ourselves in a room with a number of statues and statuettes. And we had a couple of puzzles where we needed to move the statues around, find different pieces, put things in places. There were sort of three different puzzles in this one room. Yeah. Yeah, we needed to solve some puzzles to unlock another puzzle and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was all quite chronological, wasn't it? There was a nice variety as well. There were logic puzzles and there were kind of odd one out puzzles. The thing that I enjoyed was that So we were doing this room in Skype and Jeff would send us images of the room. And so you would get sort of a bird's eye view of the whole room. And then you could say, I want to look at the east wall. I I want to look at the wall with these statues on it. And then you would get an image of that wall or of those statues. And it was a little bit like doing uh, Myst or another like 90s point and click adventure game where you could sort of like zoom into the different elements or like turn around. It was really nice the way that you could be looking at one view and then see, oh, hang on, there's something just in the corner there. I'm going to have to turn around and look at that. Or there's something on the ceiling. I'm going to have to look up and find that. Mm, That was really nice. Hannah had the presence of mind to say, can you show us the ceiling? Which was very important. Always look at the ceiling, guys. Mm. 
Well, it was a useful way of training us to look in all the corners by having things in all the corners and on all the walls. So that in the later rooms, where there weren't necessarily things on every wall, we'd already been primed that we should probably be looking around for them anyway. Mm. I guess it was kind of good in that we were obviously doing it over two different screens that sometimes when we had to solve a puzzle that relied on information from a previous puzzle it Mm. meant that like well you guys were talking through the information in one image Hannah and I could go back and have a look at the previous one and give you info from that so it was like like in real time like in an escape room you'd have one person running to one side of the room and shouting out instructions yeah yeah nice one guys yeah because it did become a bit of a challenge to sort of toggle between two or three different images when you're looking for the information from this and the information from that and uh, looking at the final thing you were trying to combine them into while also trying to maintain a sort of connection by looking at the actual video yeah. chat. Of oh, I didn't look at the video chat at all. <laughs> what? You didn't look at us? I just kept the images up. <laughs> but we dressed up nice. Um... I, 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 oh dear. (laughs) I love you guys. I see your faces every time, like, close my eyes, you know? (laughs) Didn't need them on the screen. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so. (laughs) Got through the puzzles in this first room, and we didn't climb up through that trapdoor in the roof, did we? No, we didn't, didn't but something fell out of it. Spoiler. Yeah, as we were looking around, there were some corners where I found myself like, okay, I'm going to pry open this little compartment and I know that there are booby traps. And so just so that I could try and protect my ego a little bit, I would say, I reckon I'm going to die (laughs) as I did it. So that if I did die, at least I looked cool while I was doing it. Exactly. Everyone would know you did it on purpose. Did it for the vine. Yeah. Wow, we're so young. (laughs) Is there much else to say about this first room? I know there was a puzzle that involved a lot of animals and switching them around. And at first I thought it would be very clever to just draw quick pictograms of the animals. But then I got confused because I thought I drew a cow and it was actually a bull. And so I thought there was a cow and a bull. And so I think I lost us like a minute or so. Well, that was the thing is that we were talking about a cow and a bull and an ox. Mm, And so I got got confused as well. And I was like, yeah, so we just need to swap the cow and the bull. Wait, hang on a second. Yeah, in this particular puzzle, there was only one... Mm bovine ruminant my issue was that i was like using initials for the animals on my piece of paper and so one of them was a c and then you guys started talking about cows and bulls and i was like wait hang on is the c the cow the cat or the camel oh no so yeah sometimes shortcuts don't actually save time So we found our way out of that first room, the one that was rapidly filling up with sand. It was interesting that, now come to think of it, the filling up with sand really just sort of served to add a sort of immediate sense of danger. I don't Mm. know if we'd taken an hour in this room if we would have drowned in the sand. I don't think so. I don't think there was any consequence to the sand, but it was good to sort of make us feel like there would be a consequence because it got us in with a bit more emergency. (laughs) 
genius. Yeah, it took it from being, oh, oh, we're trapped in a room to, oh, oh no, we need to get out. We're going to You definitely felt the sense of panic just from being told the room is slowly filling up with sand. Mm. Yeah, that's terrifying. Anyway, there was a next room. And what kind of tomb adventure would it be if there wasn't a wall that spat darts at you? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a prerequisite. (laughs) It's sort of archaeology adventure requirement. If if you don't have an ancient tomb spitting infinite darts, what sort of tomb is it? Mm, I mean, they really missed a bit of a trick by having, you know, not having a pit full of scorpions or snakes or spiders or something like that. Yeah. But I guess they're hard to animate. Well, that's the thing is that there was a bottomless pit. Well, no, it wasn't a bottomless pit. There was a it pit. It had a bottom. Yeah, it definitely had a bottom. It had there a was very a very nice here. bottom. Okay, thank you. Oh, sorry, the pit did. Okay, yeah. Um, well, and you know, maybe it did have scorpions or snakes in it once upon a time, because if it's just a tomb that's existing there for thousands of years, those snakes can only last for so long, unless... I wonder whose job it is to go in and feed the snakes in the pit, just to go in with some pinkies and avoid the darts and the spikes and then leave again. Well, maybe there's a little rat colony in there as well. Oh. Well, but there are always, like, you know, bones scattered around tombs like this. So maybe when they Mm. send people in to feed them, they just don't come out again. It reminds me of there was this Swedish art duo, I think, who got awarded an art prize and they put the money in a trust or something so that it would keep making money. But the artwork that they created is a salary for a person to go sit at a train station every day and do whatever they want. So they've created a job for a person and it will last forever. That this And so they took applications for this person to just go work at this train station doing whatever they want. And I think it's a lifetime wow. job. So you just go to the train station and do whatever you want um, and it lasts forever. And I imagine it's the same as being the person whose job forever is to look after the snakes in the snake pit or the scorpions in the scorpion <laughs> pit. I see. He think it's an art project. I mean, what is <laughs> art? I think sometimes art is scorpions in a pit. Yeah. You could say a deadly tomb is art. Maybe next art grant that we can find, let's apply to create a scorpion pit and someone to tend to it forever. Mm, mm. I, I really think that'll get funding. <laughs> I will not be applying. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your faith, Sophia? We need to work on this together. Solidarity for the scorpion pit. Uh, I'm just really busy at the moment, but continue. Um, where, where were we? The puzzle that we had was to cross a bridge where the bridge was divided into a five by five grid with different hieroglyphics on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And stepping on some of them would cause darts to fly out of the walls and stepping on others wouldn't cause the darts to fly across the walls. So you had to find the path across this board without getting bedarted. Bedarted, good word. Yeah. And um, Hannah, our co-player, had the presence of mind to bring some spears from the previous room 
and we were able to do a little bit of experimental poking about. We couldn't poke all of them, but it really set us up for success, the, the poking about with the spears. Mm. This was another instance where I was ready to sort of lay down my life by just stepping on squares without any sort of assurance that they were going to be unbedarted. Willy-nilly. And, and just sacrifice myself so that you all could get some information to help you through this. Because in, in most sort of ad- adventure exploration films, mm. like the whole squad doesn't make it through. There's someone who sacrifices themselves along the way. And I wanted to be that person. I wanted to make something of myself. Specifically a corpse. Um, yeah, but it just wasn't necessary, Jim. We didn't, we didn't want your life. <laughs> well, you were so willing to give it up for us. We just didn't need it. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, Jeff was not allowing it. We were able to gauge some of the deadly tiles just by Jeff's reaction. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely, you know, sort of, he was safety netting us in that way. Mm, mm. But if we'd really insisted that we wanted to do something dumb, he would have let us, I reckon. I think so. Well, that was a question I had for you, Fia, because you've run a smorgasbord of TTRPG, tabletop role-playing games, in your time in various DM and GM capacities. How did you relate to Jeff's style of narrating here when people wanted to do something reckless or foolhardy? How how did his approach differ from your approach? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um, Look, I think his approach was similar to how I would be if I were playing with people I wasn't super familiar with or people who were playing for the first time, Um, which makes Mm. sense because, you know, when you get to know your players better or if they're close friends, then you know what they can deal with. And some people will get genuinely upset if their character dies. Or they'll feel like they're then not really as involved or invested in the game. And you have to tread that fine line between like there being no consequences or um, there being too harsh consequences. Um, which is just something that you get better at as you get a feel for your players. So, yeah, I think Jeff was pr- probably pretty standard for, you know, for a first-time player interaction with us. Hmm. Anyway, we got across the dartboard. All in one piece. <laughs> And we came to a room where we had to trigger a button while avoiding uh, another booby trap or death. And I have to say, the little images that warned you of what would happen if you triggered the booby trap in a certain way, I loved them. I loved them so much. And (laughs) I love Jeff's narration of them as well. Yeah, so right above the button that you needed to hit were little sort of like health and safety diagrams <laughs> in an ancient carved style of a person hitting the button and then getting squished by a giant boulder. <laughs> Very much like a, a warning sign that you'll see on a lift or on a piece of heavy machinery of like, don't put your fingers into the blades. Oh yeah, my favourite one of those is the hand getting crunched up by some gears. Or people slipping, looking like they're breakdancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. It had... He had that sort of vibe, but sort of 2000 BC. And it also had a slight whiff of, um, you know how certain people think that the pyramids were put there by aliens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little f- figurines in the pictograms looked a little alienish as well. <laughs> oh my God. 
Maybe there's this whole hidden layer of the narrative. <sighs> yep. Confirmed. <laughs> we'll, ha- we'll have to go and do the room a second time and spend the whole room not solving the puzzles, but just trying to find evidence that the pyramids were built by aliens. <laughs> I'm down. Anyway, we got through this booby trap. We didn't die. And we got into the final room. And this is where things got mathematical. Oh, yeah. We were basically presented with an algebra problem where we had to get different values of gold to present as offerings to different deities. And it was... uh, It was like a maths textbook. Mm. In any other context, it would feel a little bit like a maths teacher trying to make algebra feel fun i was about to say to make algebra feel relevant in the same way that a math teacher might say like you know steve you use trigonometry when you play rugby that sort of thing but i don't think being stuck in an ancient egyptian tomb is the sort of like everyday inspirational thing uh that teens are likely to encounter but i mean maybe it should be like (laughs) you know maybe if they found themselves in these (laughs) situations they'd learn algebra better i don't know this is why mathematics is on the decline put kids in tombs that's what we say (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is why i don't teach anymore (laughs) so we calculated our different values and we put our offerings in the right spots we there was a puzzle where we needed to put a certain thing into a certain hole and spin it around that sounds (laughs) more suspect Ben. I meant it to. There's a puzzle that I deliberately hurt myself to solve. <laughs> Your characters deliberately hurt themselves. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. that puzzle, it was, I don't know how to say it without spoiler, but like, we needed blood. And I was like, hey, we could like fake make some blood using this and this and this. And then Kirsty was like, or I could just bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Like, your idea was so much better. I don't know why we didn't try it. <laughs> <laughs> because you'd already gone and carved yourself up. <laughs> I think my willingness to sacrifice myself had just rubbed off on everyone else at that point. Uh, getting reckless. We were running out of air in that tomb. <laughs> the sand, it was coming. And the thing is, like, Kirsty and I have both worked in museums, and I became quite uncomfortable that we were damaging this ancient <laughs> artifact by putting blood on it. Like, let alone we need to escape from the room. Just like, no, 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 no. The, the pigmentation of the thing will... Yeah. How could you? It's like I, I... Everything else about Wonder Woman 1984 aside, because part of it was set in a museum, there were whole bits of it. I was like, no, you, they haven't filled out the right paperwork. <laughs> they can't just take this artifact off the desk. They need to complete a form and send it to the registration department. The conservators are going to be so annoyed that this plane was turned invisible. No, but it was also the 80s, Jim. I'm, you're right. You're right. Standards were different. Everything was covered in a fine film of cocaine. But yeah, as well, like with the spears, I was like, no. We can't use the spears in substitution for our own <laughs> limbs because the spears are much more valuable. <laughs> and then that was our last puzzle. Yeah. Blood though it required, we then opened up uh, the portal to get out of there. Yeah, and just between us and the exit was a lot of treasure. And so we got to take the treasure with us, of course. Mm. I, yeah, I thought. <laughs> Uh, well, it's interesting that that wasn't presented as an option 
It was just we were told you filled your backpacks with treasure and left. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting for it to be a moral choice that we would be punished for. Like if we chose to take the treasure, then the doors would close or something. Yeah. Mm. I was also surprised that there wasn't sort of any like, uh, do you return it to the local government or whatever? It was just kind of like, nope, you take it. You get very rich. Boom. (laughs) It's like, oh no, we're the baddies. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess they're just making a nice pulpy Egyptian explorer story. Yeah, yeah. it's very Indiana Jones. Do you think that before we go, it's worth having a look in Hinterland? Uh, let's take a boat down the Nile and find our way to Hinterland. If there's a clue you don't understand, come with me. Hinterland. Here we are in Hinterland. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Okay, welcome to Hinterland Fear. I hope you like the view. Oh, thank you. It's wonderful. I'm just going to go park the boat. Um, please introduce me. What do we say in Hinterland? Okay, well, in Hinterland, um, there's usually quite a clearly defined hint system in an escape room and that's usually part of the briefing like if you need a hint call us on the walkie-talkie or if you need the hint pick up this telephone and we'll answer it but in this particular room the hint system was a lot more kind of free-flowing yeah because jeff was right there with us describing everything we saw so the hints kind of just got built into that yeah there wasn't a discreet we need to ask for a hint and then we will receive the hint it was more like when you're a kid and you're walking on a wall and a grown-up would hold their hand out so that you could hold it and like sometimes you would lean on it and sometimes you wouldn't but it was just always there and the the narration and the games mastership i don't know what the noun form is but like it was always sort of slightly prodding us in the right direction yeah and because when we needed like we thought we needed more information or whatever to solve a puzzle if we needed yeah if we needed a hint or help or more info we'd say oh well is there anything written on this blank thing and that was a perfect time for him to go well no there's nothing on it however as you pick it up to check you notice the sound of something rattling within or whatever so that's kind of how the hints got woven in which was very organic Yeah, I mean, when you need a hint in a physical room, it's usually because you can't see a certain aspect of something or you haven't made the connection. Mm. But in the sort of virtual room, they can provide that for you without you needing to ask for it. They can just see that you're not getting it and seamlessly work it in. So Mm. you don't need to ask for a hint uh, a lot of the time because they're able to, like give you the prompts diegetically as it were (laughs) (laughs) okay well i'm taking my ball and i'm going home (laughs) i have one thing to add i think most of the hint system was built up in uh, jeff's non-verbal cues go on but if we were about to do something dumb he'd sort of be like okay and we'd be like, oh, hang on. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, we don't do that. No, we were just kidding. Yeah. Funny joke. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. So just the word itself, okay, was fine. But the fact that he said it in that hesitant way, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
I think also in most escape rooms, when you find yourself needing a hint, it's because you're stuck or you don't know what to do or you've exhausted and run out of things to try next, where it was kind of the opposite mm. in this, in that like the the reason the times he needed to deploy the okay was because we were about to just rush in and do something stupid. <laughs> so it's kind of the opposite sort of hint system. Hmm. Yeah, you've touched on a way that um, online escape rooms are different to physical escape rooms because you sort of never left with dead space in online escape rooms. I have found. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't, as I said, I haven't done any other online escape rooms, but I did also feel like maybe another reason we didn't need any, need so much, so many hints was because the puzzles were relatively straightforward. Like it wasn't fiendishly difficult, like some of the escape rooms I've done in the past. It was sort of more family friendly, I think. Yeah. And also, I guess in a normal escape room when you're doing a normal escape room with friends, often it'll be like there are loads of puzzles to be doing at one time. So you kind of split off into little groups and some people work on this thing and some people work on that. Whereas by nature with the online one, it's much more linear and chronological and everyone is together doing the same puzzles at the same time. So yeah. we had more brain power to work on. Yeah, Kirsty, how would you rate this room? Yeah, th- this room was slightly trickier than the asylum one. But I think that was a good thing in the end. I enjoyed this room a lot. And so I'm going to give it a 4.2 Ramesses the second out of a possible five Ramesses the second. For me, this room, I think pulpy was a word that you used before, Kirsty, and that's definitely what it felt like. There wasn't a lot of meat here for me that I really felt like I sunk my teeth into, but there wasn't anything especially troublesome or vexatious. Look at me pulling out these $10 words. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a 3.8 night boats to Cairo out of five. It was fun. It was a lovely way to spend the time. And Sophia, a lovely guest. How would you rate this room? Hmm. Well, I think I broadly agree with Jim's review, but also I want to add in the perspective of Hannah, our other friend who was also doing it with us, because it was actually Hannah's first escape room of any sort, and she really enjoyed it. So I think it is actually a really good option for the first time escapee, escapist, mm-hmm. because it is it's like so sort of self-directed well not self-directed because it is a little bit more constrained in terms of like we said you're not everyone running around frantically trying to do you're all following the same rather linear manner it's a little more on the rails exactly i think it was probably very like accessible so Mm. from that perspective as being something you could do like with a family as kind of you know gateway um entry point for escape rooms I think I am going to bump the review up a little bit even though it wasn't very difficult or as you say particularly meaty it was just solid for what it was and what it was trying to do so I am going to say four threatening boulders out of five (laughs) (laughs) I love threatening boulders I say 
hey, Boulder, you buck up your ideas or I'm going to come <laughs> over there and I'm going to send you to your room. Oh, no. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Escape Hamilton. You can follow us on Instagram at Escape Hamilton. You can support us on Patreon patreon.com slash Jim Fishwick. You can listen to us. You can tell your friends about us. You can dream about us. Sophia, thank you much. Thank you much. Sophia, thank you much for being on the show. Welcome much, (laughs) Jim. Um, And thank you much for having me. It's been lovely going to Hamilton virtually and then escaping Hamilton again. So yeah, would do again. Thanks. Yay, thank you. Well, we're glad that you could do this e-skype zoom with us on the cyberspace sophia and now we should unplug from the e-skype zoom mainframe (laughs) we we will detach the plugs that go into the base of our necks like in the matrix and we will disconnect from this episode instantaneously oh okay i was yeah i was going to go for mummifying the episode and removing its organs oh i love it it, yeah that makes much more sense Get, get all the segments in canopic jars yeah, pull its brains out. Yeah. Anyway, this is the last episode before we begin season two. So the next time you hear from us, it will be in season two of Escape Hamilton. Mark it in your calendars as happening sometime soon. <laughs> Until then, we love you. Bye. Bye.